This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We have been looking at some, what we've been calling just big texts. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, training, in righteousness, and so we don't want to belittle other parts of Scripture, but there are some texts that are just a little bit more... Well, they stand out, and particularly at the beginning of the year. Yes. Uh, where, where, you know, how is my year going to go? What mm-hmm. am I thinking about this year? The, you know, a lot of people are making, you know, these... They're determining that they're going to do certain things, and this is really more about just being grounded in what God's Word says. And if you remember from previous shows, we were doing this with a framework of what, asking three questions. What, what is this text telling us about God? What do we learn about Him? Second, what do we learn about ourselves? And then third, the so what? What difference does this make? How do we take these truths about who God is, who we are, and then apply them to our everyday life? And today, we are turning our attention to the book of Psalms, and we are in Psalm 102. We're going to read uh, Psalm 102, just the, the conclusion of that, verses 25 through 28. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. So our first question is, what are are we learning about who um, God is? And and I think it's important that um, some of the Psalms actually have a title on them that was added as a description of um, what the psalm was written for or about, the historical mm-hmm. setting. And this particular psalm, Psalm 102, is a prayer of one afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. So that's kind of the context, the historical context in which it was written. So yeah. now back to the question. What does this tell us about God? I, well, I think, actually, can we reverse that? Because I think the <laughs> psalm actually is telling us what we know about ourselves yeah. at let's, first. And let's, then it let's conclu- flip it. And then it concludes there. Because, you know, you hear, the, you hear the, that complaint in the first part of this, uh, you know, the psalmist David. There's a certain despair. He's asking God to turn his face toward him. He talks about how his days are vanishing, his bones are burning, his heart is blighted. His groaning is loud, his life feels ruined, his sleep is gone, his enemies are all about him, and his food is his sorrow, and his days are vanishing. And, uh, you know, I mean, when you think about it, you know, very often some of those are true feelings that we oftentimes feel ourselves. We, we see change about us, and a lot of that change is not in our 
benefit. We don't, it's not beneficial to us. And so there's a certain despairing. You know, I, I think back over the years, I mean, just this year, you know, Queen Elizabeth dies. You know, she, you know, think about all the changes that she had, had to undergo, you know, in her, in her 70 year reign. She lived for 100 years. I don't know how old the oldest person you know is, but uh, they've experienced a tremendous amount of change. Uh, you know, you, we used to be able to make fun of the oldest person in the room, and now it's me. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> we can still make fun. Yeah, yeah, we can but, still make fun of the oldest but, person. Uh, I, I'm okay with all this. <laughs> <laughs> but but along with that change, you know, poor health, poor, you know, all these different things. And so there's a, you know, and we, we watch people go astray. We Not only did we make enemies, they seem to be about us, that sort of thing. And I think that this is a the true feelings of the of the psalmist, and I think that this is one of the benefits of the psalm. You can enter into this psalm and identify with the things that are going through. Yeah, I think the the big contrast is there. We are, we are fleeting in our life; mm-hmm. it's fleeting and it's wasting away, and not just a fleeting nature of life, but there's also in the psalm a rejection and affliction that the psalmist David is, <coughs> is experiencing, and kind of dipping into who God is here. I mean, it's, it's pointing us to the suffering of Christ and what he endured, his enemies, his friends abandoning him, the the sorrow that he experienced, yeah. the very wrath of God that is being poured out upon the psalmist that is spoken of here and uh, a pleading for God to turn away from his wrath. But then as Jonathan, as you mentioned, this leads us to the end of the psalm where we have this great comfort and hope and we're reminded in opposition to our frailty, God is eternal, and He is not going to change, and His love is everlasting. And yeah, uh, so. yeah I think that it's it's you know, by presenting it this way, it's going to answer where do we find our peace, where do we find our joy, where can we find confidence, and how do we enter into this new year where we're not paralyzed with anxiety, and so. Rather than think about it brings us all full circle rather than thinking about the things that are changing and and that you read those words that have been written a thousand years ago thousands mm-hmm. of years ago and and they're still they still have um an impact on us, and we understand that something's changed and some things never will mm-hmm. yeah, in, the, yeah. in the midst of the, his changing circumstances that have led to a season of lament, the psalmist finds comfort in the one who will never change. You know, yeah. you're, you're the same. Your years will never end. And that the nature and character of God is the place he finds his comfort, that that is unchanging despite the midst of a lament circumstance that he's in. Yeah. And for him, he recognizes <clears throat> that um, the servants of the Lord and their children are going to dwell secure. I mean, it's you know that's based on his unchangeable quality, his character. Because of that, because he's the Lord and he changes not, you know, he can testify to the fact that whatever he's promised, whatever he's done is going to remain. Mm-hmm. And the, that contrast being made, too, with things that, from our point of view, are things that would endure the heavens mm-hmm. and the earth. We look at the sun and we look at the earth, things that are, in our view, sure and established, and yet the imagery of God is just going to do away with them as we change our clothes, you know, they're just garments and he's going to throw it off and he'll put on a new one. And uh, just that hope that we have for the new heavens, the new earth and the hardship of this life fading away, going away and the glory that is to come. 
I think it's just important to note that there is a way that we can come to God and bring our cares, our concerns, our complaints, as this is is talking about, that is acceptable. Mm. Here the psalmist is being honest with God with at least what he is experiencing. It might not be actually true, but it is true for what he is going through and what he feels. And the language is so picturesque. He says, my heart is struck down like grass and is withered. I forget to eat my bread because of my loud groaning. My bones cling to my flesh. I'm like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I'm like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. Mm -hmm. Now, some of that might not be actually true, as far as in David's life. Yes, yeah, but but it is true with regard to what experientially he's going through, mm-hmm. what he senses. And I think this is just helpful as the psalmist is beginning to struggle with this. He's pouring out his heart to God, but then about halfway through the psalm, he comes back to God and says, okay, but this I do know. Yeah, what he, do I he know begins about to talk you? about his dependency with God, and, he, and you know, these are the things that begin to assuage the anxieties that have kept him up or made him feel lonely in that regard. And we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing when we think about the unchangeability of God. In fact, you know, some of those great hymns and songs that we sing about sing are really related to his unchangeability. You know the. That song before the throne of God above, uh, there's it has the right in the middle of the that hymn is the great unchangeable I am the King of glory and grace. You know that that line. You know we're singing about the unchangeable God. Uh, he he's great. He's going to remain unchanged. You know like and there's that one hymn. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. Mm. Psalm 102 reminds us that God is a God that is not simply eternal, but it, it brings together what oftentimes we have trouble bringing together. It, it speaks of, about God's almighty power, mm-hmm. his reign, his rule, his control over all things, but also his tender compassion. And this is one of the glories of God, that in in God we have power beyond our ability to, to comprehend, and God condescends to show love and mercy and grace in such a, a wonderful way. Yeah. I mean, so you have God is enthroned forever, but God is having pity, and God is the one that builds up Zion. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. You've got this wonderful combination that's in play. And I guess it, moving into this application part, I would just encourage our listeners that it's okay to unburden yourself to God mm-hmm. because he does care. But it's it's not just simply that he cares; he can do something about it. Yeah. And in that, the we see the compassion you've just mentioned <clears throat> of God in giving us, you know, things like the Psalms. That here in this Psalm, we have someone in deep anguish 
how do we voice our concerns to God in the midst of deep anguish? Well, we can go to Psalm 102 and see how to do that. There's also Psalms that direct us in how to express frustration Mm -hmm. to God when it seems like he's not acting and we think he should. Psalm 10 is one of those that does that. And it's uh, the graciousness of God is, is, is seen in these and that he has given us, he knows who we are. He knows our shortcomings. He knows the frustrations we may have. He knows the concerns we'll have, the anxieties that we'll have, and he's given us a means through which to approach him right. in a way that honors him. And I think this is important to what Ryan said earlier, too, to also see that the Psalms are are then also demonstrated in the life of Christ. Right. So if Luke 24 is correct, which we all agree it is, that all of the scriptures are about Christ, then we, we have to see Christ in 102. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. we do see Christ in 102, especially in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. We can, we can yeah. see him both in his manhood and in his deity, yep. because Hebrews is going to tell us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So our confidence in a Savior is there. And so this this whole thing, our, you know, very often uh, people want to say they're either optimist or pessimist, they're glass half full, half empty kind of people. But regardless as if it if you are an optimist or a pessimist, your security isn't in yourself. Your security is going to be in the God that doesn't change his character, his purposes, or his promises. And we will come back tomorrow with additional truths from other parts of scriptures to help hopefully ground you in who God is and who how we are and how we ought to live in light of that.